You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today's episode or podcast is, Is Time Speeding Up? So in this episode, we are going to discuss what does time mean? What does the concept of time mean? Uh, Is time really speeding up? And we'll also go through how time and the procession of the equinox are related. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. So uh, how uh, what I like to do when I go into a topic, I like to start with the etymology dictionary. So the etymology of a particular word on the topic that we're discussing. So let's look at the etymology of the word time, which is a noun. So it says time, Old English, time, a limited space of time from Proto-Germanic timon, time, source of all or Old Norse, timey, Time, proper time, Swedish time, an hour from pi, suffix from, suffix form of root, duh, to divide. Abstract sense of time as an indefinite continuous duration is recorded from the late 14th century personified at least since 1509 as an aged bald man with a forelock carrying a scythe of an hourglass. So I guess what they're really saying is that image that they show today of quote, quote, father time walking with the hourglass. In English, a single word encompasses time as extend and point. Uh, so French, temps, voice, as well as hour, as in what time is it? Extended senses such as occasion, the right time, leisure, uh, multiplied by, developed in Old and Middle English, probably as natural outgrowth of such phrases as he commends her a husband. I'm sorry, he commends her a hundred times of God, all right? And then they also give to have a good time equals a time of enjoyment was common in English from 1520 to 1688. Uh, It was retained in America, whence readopted in Britain in the 19th century. And then they go into time of the time of day, now mainly preserved in negation what someone won't give you if he doesn't like you. So in other words, they're given the slang of time. Uh, He won't give you the time of day or she won't give you the time of day. And then they also go to the times. The current age is from 1590s. Behind the times, old-fashioned. 
that was recorded in 1831 times as the name of a newspaper dated 1788. And then they also go into time warp, uh, first attested in 1954, time traveling in science fiction since first recorded in 1895 in H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, and Time Castle first recorded in 1938 in reference to the one deemed capable of resisting the effects of time for 5,000 years, preserving an account of universal achievement embedded in the grounds of the New York Fair. All right, <clears throat> so then they also describe time as a verb, Oh, English to happen, befall from town, from time. Noun uh, meaning to appoint a time of an action is attested from the 1300s since of measure or record the time. A race event, etc., et, et is first attested in the 1600s. Okay, so, and then they were saying the concept of time span was uh, 1897 from time, so meaning time, and then plus span, all right? So just wanted to give you a quick etymology of the word time. So uh, as you can see, it kind of is all over the place. It uh, does describe some sense of measurement. Um, also in describing from one point to another point, uh, to divide. And then even they get into some slang use of the word as well. All right. So let's move on from that. So let's discuss the concept of time being an illusion. I know those of you that are in the spiritual community or metaphysics, you always hear folks say that time is an illusion. So let's go to an article from Learning Mind, and this is called The Illusion of Time. Physics reveals time is not real. So, according to certain theories in physics, the time is not real and nothing but a product of our consciousness. Let's explore these theories and the concept of illusions of time. Our daily experience, as well as our predecessors, regards time as a flowing entity that defines what we conceive to be the past, and what we conceive as the future. Time is something that is directly linked to our brain's consciousness abilities. Our mind records what we have seen in the past and can also retrieve it. So we're going to stop right there. So if you are joining us on the Truth Uncompromised show on the YouTube lives that we do every Thursday, um, and they're also recorded on YouTube, we are doing a series called Mama Terra and the Consciousness of Her People. It is literally about the 
Study of Consciousness, The Power of Consciousness. One of our main sources for that series is a study that was done by the U.S. Army, Department of Army, on the study of consciousness. And in that particular study, they admit that time, how we measure time, really is all one. So meaning the concept of the now, the past, and the future are really one thing. And the only distinguishing difference between the three, the now, the past, and the future, are based on a vibration frequency that your consciousness can tap into. Right, so we'll we'll get a little deeper into that. In our daily experiences, our mind cannot construct what is going to happen in the future. And Newton's classic mechanics, that has been the masterpiece of classic physics since the since its introduction in 1640, time is defined as an absolute characteristic of the universe, independent from our location. It is regarded as a straight passage of events that defines past, present, and future. And, of course, that is still what is being taught today uh, in some cases. Later developments. In 1905 and later in 1917, with the introduction of Einstein's theory of relativity, special theory of relativity, and general theory of relativity, The idea of absoluteness of time received a heavy blow and it was proved that there was no absolute time. Now, I find that absolutely interesting that they're saying that was discovered in the uh, 1917, but yet, we are still being taught, the general populace is still being taught that time is a linear, a series of linear events. So meaning past, present, and future. So I want y'all to think about that for a minute. In 1640, Newton came up with time being linear, meaning past, present, and future. But as late as 1917, that theory came into question when it was said that the idea of absoluteness of time received a heavy blow and it was proved that there was no absolute time. Indeed, it was proved that the time difference between two events totally depends on such parameters as speed, gravitational field at the location of the observer, and that two simultaneously events for an observer would not be simultaneous for other observers. Quantum mechanics went even further and suggested that time is a discrete property and there is no continuous time with the quantum of time being of the order of 10 to the negative 43rd. 
So, in other words, to just break this down into plain language, when it says the difference, it was proved that time difference between two events totally depend on such parameters as speed, gravitational field. They are describing vibratory slash frequency. So what is the speed of that frequency? That's what's determining whether or not you are past, present, and future are all one and the same. So not the linear that's being still taught to this today as past, present, and future, but it is the speed or the frequency In this interpretation, time is still regarded as reality. Okay, so let me back up and stop with this. Now, those of you that have rocked with me for some years on uh, Truth Uncompromised show, I always give the account of a gentleman who made such a powerful statement. Wow, this was years ago. This is probably going on. Uh, probably seven years at this point. That if you look at the word time, if you spell time backwards, it is emit. So meaning emit a frequency. Okay? So in other words, the frequency or time is regarded as reality. So in this interpretation, time is still regarded as reality. And the statistical interpretation of casualty principle within the framework of the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is still respected. However, recent discoveries at the quantum level are now directing us to the idea of the illusion of time and the conclusion that time actually may not exist and that it exists only with regards to an arbitrary reference point. So in other words, it's based on what frequency you're tuned into, i.e. your consciousness. What your consciousness, and I like to say your soul consciousness, and tune is tuned into and what events you have recorded. All right, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit more on the record situation. In order to make it simple, let us have a comparison between space and time coordinate. It is a fact that the notion of left and right is a relative concept that depends on the location of the observer. So the concept of right and left cannot be absolutely absolute property for defining the location of objects. Left and right are relative and not absolute since they may be in reverse order for another observer looking at the same set of objects. Generalizing the same concept of time coordinates as the the fourth dimension will lead us to the result 
that the past and the future may indeed be reversed for another observer at a different reference point. This simple comparison can be best described in a picture that is named Block Universe, which is presented below. So I am going to describe <clears throat> what they mean to make this simple. So let's say you have a block that's drawn in like a 4D. And in the middle of that block, you have a square that's called now. And then on one side of that block, you have past. And then on the other side of that block, you have future. Now, if I am, let's say, standing on the future side of the now wall, that means I can't see the past. I'm in the now, but in the now, I'm only facing the future. So I can't see the past. The past is still there. I just can't see it. Now let's reverse it. Let's say I'm in the now, but I'm facing the past. Let's say I'm just facing the past. The future is still there. It's on the other side. But because I'm facing the past, all I can see is I know that I'm in the now and I can see the past. So that's what they mean where the reference of time is based on someone's or the observer's reference point or perspective. So to put this in spiritual or metaphysics perspective, they are basically saying based on what frequency you are tuned into in the now is what you can have access to. Now, the other thing is if you want to see past, now, and future, you would either have to be floating Above the block universe. So in other words, you are stepping outside of space. Or what they're calling the space-time continuum or formula. So if you're hovering above the block, you can see the entire block. You can see the past. You can see the now. You can see the future. All at once. If you're, are, you are stepping outside of the space time box, and they're calling it the block universe, you could also still see everything at the same time. You could see the past, the now, and the future. Okay? So this gets into when you are doing either transcendental meditation and or if you are astro traveling, okay? And those of us that are uh, following the series on Mama Tara and the Consciousness of Her People, we call that the click out. So you're clicking out of the time-space continuum and you can see it all, right? That's based on your frequency. All right. So, 
Um, I'll read what they're saying, but kind of we kind of went over it. But this view, this is the view of the universe by an observer outside of space and time, looking from a vantage point of our universe. And this picture, past and future, are not absolute. Rather, they depend on the reference point of the observer. So in other words, where are where is the observer located? Or in other words, what is the observer tuned to from a vibratory frequency standpoint? In this theory, the concept of past and future for time are as relative as the concept of right and left for location. All right, which makes sense because we could be looking at the same thing. But if we're facing different ways, our left and right are reversed, right? So th that's another way to look at it. Okay, so future developments. In the 1970s, the famous U.S. physicist John Archibald Wheeler, along with the physicist Bryce DeWitt, working on the unification of quantum mechanics, and Einstein theory of gravitation developed an equation in which time as a separate concept had no role. The theory was a big step towards the elimination of time from the description of the universe. This concept, although seemed weird and led to many controversial debates among physicists, was later developed to its extreme limit by the physicist Julian Barbour. According to him, the time is not real and what we regard as time is no more than changes that lead to the illusion of time. The notion of time is in total contradiction with what Newton's concept of time as a linear and homogeneous passage of a river and that of Einstein as the fourth dimension. According to Barbour, what our mind records are moments that he calls nows. And what we perceive as the passage of time is just our move through a succession of nows. Okay, so let's just go back to the example of the universal block. And within that block, you have a square with the now. And on one side of that block is uh, one side of the noun um, square, rather. One side of the noun square within the universal block is past. One side of the noun a square is future. Now, if you're now, <laughs> if you're looking at this from above, so you're not in the universal block, you're looking above, or if you're looking directly at it, but you're still not in the space of the universal block. You can see now, past, and present all at once. If you're viewing all of them at the same time, isn't that at the same time? If you are viewing them all at once, does that not mean you're viewing past, present, and future in the now? And the only way that you're able to do that is to click out of space and time or get on the frequency of a higher frequency where you can see 
the past, and the future. All right. While these may be interrupted by our consciousness as the passage of time from the past to the future, they may be interpreted the reverse for another observer in another reference point. The concept is quite weird, but Barber has presented answers to many seemingly unresolved mysteries of his theory. In his theory, events like birth and death are not regarded as a proof for the passage of time. They are rather cycles of energy that our conscious mind perceives as if we are watching a lineage, a linear rather passage of time. So we're going to get into cycles. Also, when we when we get into cycles, we're going to be getting into the procession of equinox and, and talk about how time that ties into it and how energy ties into it. Future outlook. The theory, although it's currently a highly abstract one, but there are some new imperial results favoring it. For example, new findings by researchers at Australian National University studying the Wheeler's theory at the atomic scale suggests that what we perceive as reality may not exist unless it's measured, which is in line with Barber's theory and the general concept of the illusion of time. Okay, Um, so in other words... If we never measured anything, we wouldn't put a label on it as time. So in other words, if you're just going on about your life in the now and just the concept of now, not using a clock, not using a calendar, it would just be that now. And really, when you need to reference the past, or if you want to reference or think about or create the future, those are events. And the past event is something that you recorded through your consciousness that you're able to access. Same as the future. If you are creating the future, or if you have had a trans uh, transcendental meditation session, or if you have astral travel and witnessed future events, that's what they are. They are events that you have recorded in your consciousness. All right, so it says, there have to be more experiments and research to result in a solid proof of the theory, but with the current momentum of scientific research, the theory may receive stronger confirmation in the next coming year. So uh, this particular article, again, it's from Learning Mind, and it's called The Illusion of Time, Physics Reveal Time is Not Real. So I'm not really sure. It's not giving me a date on when this was written. Um, I would love to know when it was written. 
Okay, so now let's go to why time doesn't exist. Ah, oh well, my article got zapped. Oh, doggone it. And it was a good one. Ah, sorry about that. Oh, man, that was a good one. Okay, we are going to go to next um, why time is speeding up. I just wanted to add a little extra in that article on why time didn't exist, but it disappeared on me. Okay. So on this one, we're going to go to uh, the website IN5D, Time is Speeding Up Phenomenon, is preparing you for 5D. So now before I get into reading this article, I do want to put out a disclaimer regarding 5D. Um here is my disclaimer in my opinion. I really feel that uh, folks talking about the 5D, what 5D is going to look like, uh, what you should be feeling, what you should be doing, what Saint so-and-so and them done came down and set up and told them, and when the exact quote-quote time, the exact quote-quote time and date, that we are entering into 5D or when we entered into 5D. I feel that a lot of folks have turned that into a religion, i.e. new age. Okay? When it's not about that, it's not about doing specific things based on what somebody else claim that saints so-and-so told them or what they got through transcendental meditation, woo, 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 woo. That's not what that is about. New age, and we're going to go over age when we go over the procession of the equinox. <clears throat> this is about your individual soul journey. Your individual consciousness, elevation. That's really what the whole new age should be about. The fifth dimension should be about. So in other words, no one can bring you 5D. No one can tell you an exact formula to get you to 5D or the new age. Because it is something that has to come, come from within you. You have to do the spiritual navigation with your soul consciousness to elevate your vibration, to get in tune with Mother Earth's vibration, to get in tune with the universe vibration, to access the higher realm. That's what this is about. So I only bring that disclosure up as you hear these self-appointed gurus giving specific instructions on what you need to do 
to get to 5D, I just give a word of caution. Because soul consciousness, it is at the end of the day about an individual journey. It's your individual journey for you to raise your particular conscious vibration to a level to tap into the higher realms. All right. So with that disclosure done, let's get into this article. The time is speeding up. Phenomenon is preparing you for 5D. Are you one of the people who feel like time is speeding up? If so, you may be one of the people who are about to move into the next density. Okay. Now, I really wish those that speak on 5D, 4D, 3D, 2D, that they consistently put it in the light of density as well as frequency and vibration. All right. Many people across the world are experiencing a feeling as if time is speeding up. While a day is still constituted in 24-hour increments, and we're going to talk about this whole calculation of time in a second here. See, I'm even giving it a number. (laughs) Time seems to be moving faster than ever for many people. There are several explanations for time speeding up phenomenon. The most popular explanation is that time isn't speeding up but our consciousness is, which make it seem like time is speeding up. All right. There are several, okay, we talked about that. Ian Lungold believed that time was speeding up because creation was speeding up. Now that is a powerful line right there. Ian Lungo believed that time was speeding up because creation was speeding up. All right. So now those of you, again, that's um, been in the spiritual community for years or the metaphysic community. And we talked about the pole shifts and we talked about the, uh, the vibration of planet Earth speeding up. This is what this is about. Okay. So shout out to Dr. Dilbert Blair, who's now one of the ancestors. He always talked about how a consciousness, your soul consciousness, is going to be going from a kindergarten stage on up to a graduate stage. That's how fast the frequency is going to rise. That's how fast Mother Earth's frequency is going to rise. And that's how fast your frequency and consciousness will rise if you are tuned into her, if you are doing the inner spiritual work. So if Mother Earth is speeding up, because now it's proven, Now, the folks in the metaphysics community and the spiritual community have been saying that for years. That Mother Earth's frequency is going to rise, that the poles are going to shift. 
Now you have mainstream media admitting that Mother Earth Schumann resonance has risen and that her poles are shifting. Okay? So that's what this gentleman means when he says that time was speeding up, which time, remember time, and thank, thank you to the brother that put that powerful thing out because I always remembered it. Time is emit backwards. So the emitting of the frequency or energy was speeding up because creation was speeding up. So in other words, Mother Earth's vibratory frequency Emission of frequency is speeding up. In other words, more was happening in less time. When more is possible to happen in every moment, stated Lungold, there is more possible outcomes which open the door to things called miracles. Now, I don't know about you all, but I know for me personally, 2020, woo, you talk about was sped up. <laughs> it moved very, very fast. And if you were doing spiritual work, you felt things moving pretty rapidly, which would make sense because in 2020, at least once a month, mainstream media were putting out articles and publications about the polls moving much more rapidly than they anticipated. Okay, so it says what many people aren't taking into account is energy vibration. I'm back to the article, y'all. Everything in existence revolves around vibration as atoms vibrate to create our third dimensional reality. As the atoms vibrate faster, the illusion of time speeding up is created because physiologically, (laughs) our bodies are sensing the speeding up of something, but we cannot attribute it to anything familiar other than time. Okay? Okay. So just going, just stating everything that I stated before, just confirming it. And 2020 is a huge example of that. Where everything just felt, it was just sped up. And you were speeding up right with it. All right, so back to the article. The reason we cannot physically see higher dimensions is because they are vibrating at a higher rate. As our bodies start to increase in energetic frequency, we begin to feel as time, we we begin to feel as through time is also speeding up. Look no further than the drastic change within our solar system. For many years in the past, our sun was bright yellow in color, but has since turned into a bright whitish yellow 
as it reflects the changes in vibration within our solar system. Now, stop. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. This one was a ta-da moment for me. Now, those of us that pay attention to these things and that are in tune, I remember, I remember the sun being yellow. Now the sun is white. Now, I have to admit, until I read this, I did not equate the the changing of the sun from yellow to white, equating to the frequency shift. Now, we do know, I felt that the changing of the sun was because of the artificial sun, which they do have, these different governments do have the artificial sun. That's why it was white. Because the governments are putting out the artificial sun, and they admit it. It's it's not that I'm making this up. You know, go do a little research. China has one. Germany has one. Uh, The U.S. hasn't admitted to having one, but... Um, I don't, I think it's Gates. Don't quote me on this, but I think I'm correct. I think it's Gates said he wants to block out the sun. They have created artificial suns, which have the white lights. And the reason that they're putting up the artificial suns to block out the regular sun is for the purpose of blocking out the UV radiation of the sun. Because the new sun, the white sun, is emitting, see that word again? Emitting a higher level of UV radiation. And some of the populace, if your frequency is not in tuned, They have not gotten adjusted. So it's going to cause a lot of physical damage. And on top of that, what the sun is emitting is also light codes. Universal light codes. Okay? That your particular physical body as well as your soul consciousness body, should be ready to accept those light codes if you are in tune with Mother Earth for your particular upgrades as well. Okay? So, in other words, it made sense to me because we know that light or frequency, based on what frequency you're at, that it, or which is what how the amount of energy that you are putting out, anything that is putting out, can be put under an infrared light. And that infrared light gives the spectrum of color, and that spectrum of color tells where on the vibration scale you are. 
So the higher vibration scales are like the purples. And the lower spectrum is the red. And those colors that I just mentioned also run the spectrum of your chakra energy system. Okay, so red representing your root chakra. And then you have your middle chakra, which is green, which represents your heart chakra, which the heart chakra is the gateway from the lower self or the lower vibrational chakra to the higher self. Okay. And then the uh, crown, I'm sorry, the um, pineal gland or third eye represents the purple. And then guess what the, the crown represents? Now some, I'm sorry, the uh, pineal gland represents the blue. And then the crown represents the purple, the lotus flower. You see that depicted as the lotus flower. And then when you are in the Christ consciousness level, that's when you get into the diamond or the white light spectrum. Okay. And in between that, you also have your solar plex, which is represented by what? The yellow. Okay. And then you have the pink and the orange, et cetera, et cetera. But so do you all get the concept of the Christ consciousness representing the crown? And that's why they show the Christ deity with the white light at the top of the head with the crown. And we'll get into that a little bit more when we get into um, other things. So with all of that said, and let's not forget that Mother Earth herself, her particular energy vibration feel, she shows us what hers is via the Aurora Borealis. Where she it emits the colors of the purples, the reds, the greens, the blues. Some people have shown the orange, the pink. And now we are seeing that across our skies as well. With the beautiful sunrise and sunsets. Okay. So it would make sense as Mother Earth's frequency is shifting. The sun's frequency has shifted from yellow to white. As is your frequency is shifting as well. All right. So now we're back to the article. In alchemy, the statement of as above, so below applies. As our solar system is going through dramatic climate changes, so is our planet. As our planet goes through dramatic climate changings, the inhabitants of this planet will experience drastic changes. One of these changes is the vibratory level of the spin in the atoms of our body. Days, weeks, and years seem to fly by quicker than ever. This is just a physiological symptom of those who are progressing in age, as every age genre from teens through the elderly is experiencing this phenomenon. So in other words, it's just saying that's the reason we're feeling that time is getting faster 
because our particular energy centers or chakra systems are spinning faster as well. So spinning in harmony with Mother Earth spinning in harmony with the universal spin as well. All right, so it goes on back to the article. The easiest way to raise your body's energy, energetic frequency is through meditation. Other ways include showing kindness to all forms of life, radiating unconditional love, and doing kind deeds to others, okay? So again, um, I'm just going to give the disclosure that you have to find within what works for you to raise your vibration. Yes, meditation is a big play at that. But I also just offer you some advice to you find what meditation means to you. Okay, because you can get lost and you can get frustrated with trying to find someone else's formula on how to get into that meditative state in order to get in tune. Because naturally, when you fall asleep at night, those of you that are dreaming in vivid color, you are astral traveling. And that means you are astral traveling. You are defying, you are defying time and space. So that means you are clicking out. And you have the ability to go to different dimensions, go to different realms. So meaning your subconsciousness, your subconsciousness, your soul consciousness knows that your astral uh, spiritual body naturally travels, okay? So all meditation is, is the practice of being consciously awake and controlling your subconsciousness to click out or tap into higher dimensions. Okay, that's all that 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 means. And yes, you have the ability to do that. But it does take practice. And it does take defining what it means to you. Okay, so don't get frustrated. If you're just new to meditation and you're trying to calm your mind to get to that point to meditate. Some people use um, get into a meditative state by using a continuous hum. That's where the whole concept of um comes into play. Some it may be through soothing meditation music. Some it may be lighting a candle and staring at the flame. Some it may be sitting in a dark room, some it may be sitting in a dark closet, but you have to do practice to know what works for you. And you're going to know that it works. You, you don't have to worry about nobody giving you any signs of when it works. When you've tapped out of time and space, you'll know, <laughs> you'll know when you get that connection, but it does take practice. 
because you have to do what works for you to make those connections. So try not to get uh, discouraged, but it's, it's a very, very powerful way for you to be in tune. And it's actually a beautiful thing. All right, so back to the article. A simple way to raise your energetic frequency while helping to raise the same in others is to mentally express love and appreciation to random people through positive thoughts and intention. Intentions, for example, if you were to take a walk on a beach or even a stroll through a mall, try envisioning that everyone is a part of your family. As people walk by, you mentally tell them, I love you, you're beautiful, and it is perfect just the way you are. Okay, so now that's their suggestion. Again, you don't have to do that. It is what's best for you. Now, if you gravitate more towards water, And if you have access to water, that is a great way to sit in front of water, in front of the beach or the lake or stream, and just be still. That's an excellent way to tap into, okay? Or, you know, if you love natural nature walks, that is also an excellent way to be walking nature and observe the trees etc etc the plant life and shut everything out and focus that's also an excellent way okay all right so just again it's not one way of what somebody else is telling you in order to get into the state of meditation it's what works for you all right so basically uh, the article just concludes saying that the bottom line is that your third dimensional body may be preparing you. And it says for fifth dimension, I would like to replace that for higher dimensions. As your atoms continue to experience energetic frequency at a higher level. All right. So again, this article is from the website IN5D and it's called Time is Speeding Up Phenomenon is Preparing You for 5D. All right. So now let's get into the procession of the equinox. Now what I want to discuss on this and why I wanted to bring this in this particular topic because I want us to enter and understand how time they have us calculating time a certain way, but the high priest, the empires, they calculate based on ages or what is called the procession of the equinox, okay? The ancestors, the ancient ancestors followed the procession of the equinox. They followed the heavens. That's how they, quote, quote, calculated time. It was based on ages, 
right? So we're going to get a little, uh, little bit into the procession of the equinox. So it has been observed that certain ancient myths, sacred texts, and ancient buildings have stored within them common and repeating numeric values and dimensions which relate to astronomical phenomenon. This knowledge appears to be based on the observation of the procession of the equinox. So the procession of the equinox refers to the observable phenomenon of the rotation of the heavens, a cycle which spans a period of 25,920 years. Over time, which the constellations appear to rotate. Okay? So, in other words, if you look up at the sky and you see the Big Dipper, and then you see uh, the, the Leo Lion, that's all are considered the constellations, and they rotate. They literally rotate, right? Now, if you are a um, round earth or ball earth theory, you would say that the earth is rotating also. But if you are um, stationary, which that's the way I feel, stationary, that it is the ethers or the heavens that rotate. So it's not that the physical planet herself is rotating. Rather, it is her spin is her spiritual Torah that's rotating. And at the top is what we're calling the heavens, right? The constellations. So that's what moves, all right? So, the procession of the equinox, so one cycle, one procession of the equinox. So, a total complete cycle of the procession of the equinox is 25,920 years. Okay, so they had to break it down in years. Now, how did they get to that? How do they get to the 25,920 years? They get to that by if the sky, okay, or the constellations, the sky or the heavens is divided into 12 constellations. All right. Now, some say that really we have 13 constellations because we have a hidden so really, you would have to divide the, what, 25,920 divided into 13. Okay, so that would equal 1993. Now, that's if you go with the hidden constellation. But we'll, for the sake of this, we'll leave it at the little 12. <laughs> but that's how they come with the 25,920 uh, divided by 12 equals for each constellation cycle 
equals 2,160 years. Okay, so that 2160 represents, I call it, let's call it a mini age. Let's call it a uh, uh, an age. That's what it is. It's an age. All right. So it says a new sign appears on the horizon each 2,160 years. Okay. So, it's uh, let's get to the processionary cycles, and you all you know these constellations because it it goes also by what we call in um, zodiac the zodiac signs. So you have Leo, which is represented by the lion. Okay, Cancer, which is represented by the crab. Uh, Gemini, the doggone twins. Taurus, which is the doggone bull. Aries, which is the doggone ram. Pisces, which is the doggone fish. Aquarius, excuse me, family, which is the doggone water jug. All right. So all of these particular constellations, i.e. ages, has a cycle of 2,160 years. If you add those all up to complete one procession of the equinox, that adds up to 25,920 years. Okay? Okay. So, also, those of you that uh, study kind of ancient societies and ancient myths and all of that jazz, um, you know that the Sumerians and the Babylonians also uh, were into the procession of the equinox and also in um, the Mayans. The Mayans were in the procession of the equinox also. And then it also went over um, India, which I haven't studied India enough, but it talks about the Veda and all of that jazz using it as well. And then we're also going to get into a little bit of of the Bible, how the Bible is referencing these different ages. Okay. Okay. So just to give you some idea of um, some of these particular civilizations, it says Samaria, uh, Gudea, a ruler of Samaria, recorded that he was given instructions in a vision, a wise man that shone like the heavens, by whose side stood a divine bird, commanded me to build this temple. Gudea employed a male diviner, maker of decisions, and a female searcher of secrets to locate the site. He then recruited 216 people for the job. Okay, so they're just giving examples of how these particular rulers at the time um, they were guided by the procession of the equinox. 
So not by what how time is being calculated today. They were guided by the procession of the equinox. And let's get into specifically how the procession of equinox goes into a total cycle of 25,920 years to complete one universal cycle. And you go through different ages using 2,160 years. Now, interestingly enough, as the folks that rule empires and those empires were formed by conquering indigenous people, their land, what was taken away from the indigenous people and instilled was a lesser calculation of the universal cycle. So you can go back and research how we got uh, to the current um, Gregorian Roman calendar. And before that, it was something else. I forget what it was. And you can go back before that and you'll see where these high priests or emperors created the concept of time by the calendar and coming up because it used to even be different. Uh, I want to say it was 300, was it 360 days before? And now it's 365 days um, and under the uh, Roman Gregorian calendar. But that's not in sync. That's not in tune with the procession of the equinox. Because the procession of the equinox goes to 25,920 years to complete a cycle. And then the ages, which are the increments within a procession of the equinox completion is 2,160 years. So the calculation of time that we're been we are being given is just a snippet. It's just a snippet of what the universal equinox is. Okay? It's just a snippet. And I say that we are given these particular calculations of these different calendar systems for the purpose of putting your spiritual body out of tune with the universal galactic frequency. So you are on a lower frequency following the frequency or calendar of these emperors and high priests. And it is purposely done because as someone said that millionaires follow astrology, billionaires follow the procession of the equinox.
and emperors and high priests follow the procession of the equinox and the ages. So if the populace were also following the procession of the equinox and ages, they cannot be ruled over. Because they would enter and understand what current age they're in, what particular energy that age gives them, and how to make that particular energy work for them in their favor. So I state that again. If the populace was on the cycle of the procession of the equinox and the ages, if they were tuned into that frequency, they could not be ruled over because they would enter and overstand how to harness the particular energy to make it work for them. So that's why there is a difference between the calendars and the universal cycles. That's why we have the concept of time versus the reality of frequency, which frequency creates reality. All right? So with each of these ages or constellations, so Leo is an age, Cancer is an age, Gemini is an age, Taurus is an age, Aries is an age, Pisces is an age, Aquarius is an age, comes a set of energies. All right? So let's get into the biblical aspect of this. Okay, the other one, we talked about uh, Sumerian before we get to the biblical one. Excuse me. So Babylon, the Babylonian historian Barossus, 3rd century BC, ascribed a total reign of 432 years. Okay. And even that 432 family, 432 represents a frequency hertz as well. Right? So they talk about the 432 years and they say 120 shari of a 3,600 year cycle. To the mythical kings who ruled the land of summer before the flood. He also ascribed a period of 2,160,000 years to the period between creation and the universal catastrophe. Okay? So a lot of stuff is um, put in that those couple little sentences. So let's break it down. So this is on Babylon now. Now I didn't took and told y'all that the emperors and the high priests, and the high priests, remember, report to the emperors. They are the advisors to the emperors are giving you uh, are what what they use rather are the procession of the equinox that's what they use all right so this particular ruler barossus 
He ruled, they said, for 432 years. 432 itself is a frequency hertz. That particular frequency hertz resonates with the wave. That is what Tesla, Nikola Tesla, based his entire work on. The 432 uh, frequency. And he also said the 469. All right? So this particular Babylonian king um, breaks that 432, 432,000 years into 3,600 year cycle. Now, I also have to say that if you are into um, ancient mythology, the Anunnaki also speaks on 3,600 year cycles. All right. Now, um, they calculated their time. They call them shards, if I'm not mistaken. All right. And you can um, go and research. I used to know what it was when we were doing a series a few years back on the creation story myths. When we were doing that series, uh, I knew the exact calculation of what their shards were in relations to this 3,600 year time, okay? Now, interestingly enough, uh, dude, Barosis, is the mythical king who ruled the land of summer before the flood. He also ascribed a period of 2,160,000 years to the period between the creation and universal catastrophe. Okay, so now when we get into this, talking about the flood, we know the Bible rep, uh, discusses the flood when they discuss Noah them. And if you are in the particular um, spiritual community, uh, you also have people discussing, we call them mud flutters. So they talk about, quote, quote, resets. And how one of the resets, some type of nat natural catastrophe happened, which set off a flood, which set off a bunch of mud, which there is evidence, and that's what they do. They bring back evidence based on um, buildings, ancient buildings, that prove that some type of mud flood happened. Okay. All right. Uh, so they just kind of go into uh, the list of kings. Uh, now, this is from uh, West of Facing Them. West of Facing Them. <laughs> the Anunnaki Them. Because Eridu, if I'm not mistaken, that's Inky's other name. Okay. Because when you're studying these mythologies, they may call it. In another mythology, they may call these other Anunnaki beings another name. So if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Iridu was Inky. Okay? So um, they just give these different uh, time periods for these different rulers. And I'm not finna go through their name. But um, in one of these names, interestingly enough, um, it seems like the Eminem 
how, you know, the rapper Eminem spells his name is pretty closely to one of these leaders. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there, but it goes, their cycles of rulership were still divisible by the 3,600. Okay. Cause you had some ruling 28,000, 136,000, et cetera, et cetera. So it says the Sumerian texts, um, okay, so yeah, it's just going into that. So it's just basically saying that the Sumerians were aware of the cycles, as we can see from the table above, that it offers a natural division of both time and space into the 360, from units of 6 to 10. Now, remember when I said a little bit earlier that the uh, Greco-Roman calendar that we're on today gives a 365, but before then, it was a 360, all right? So it was changed from 360, which follows a cycle of the 3,600 years, which follows added, what, probably uh, the 21... 600 years. We will have to, let me just do quick math. Bear with me. Bear with me here. Bear with me here. If we do, that's going to be more than that times 12. Okay. Um, yeah. So that 3,600 years, I know that was some Anunnaki stuff, but, and I would have to dig and find how they were calculating it. Um, to line it up with the procession of the equinox. Because as I stated before, the Anunnaki, they had their own calculation of their particular frequency, and it was a lot faster. It was a lot faster than um, Earth's particular time. Okay? All right. All right, so that's that. Now let's get to the Bible thingamajig. All right. Now, anyone that knows me knows that my take on the Bible is that it is grossly misinterpreted because folks use the Bible to regulate morality and regulate or give an account of genealogy, but skip over the fact that it is a book of astrology and metaphysics. So in other words, it's more metaphysical, scientific than any of the morality that folks try to hold themselves to and that they have turned into a religion because the way it was written again, I believe that it was written by based on your frequency, you would be able to decode it. So you would be able to decode it to get what the true meaning was versus looking at it either from a literal standpoint or a religious morality standpoint. Now, 
with that said, I want to give out a shout out to Brother Sean because he was the one. I, I am not, again, my disclosure, I am not a Bible subscriber, meaning I don't know it backwards and forwards and upwards and downwards, not interested. But when I do read it and when I do recall things, I'm able to see beyond what the populace thinks that it means. It's not my cup of tea, all right? But shout out to Brother Sean because he pointed out that the Bible depicts the ages. So the Bible depicts the constellations which are a part of the procession of the equinox. So, going to get into it. The Old Testament. This idea finds substance in the Old Testament, which has been interpreted as including the symbolic transfers, transference from one sign to another. In the parable of the mount, when Moses came down from the mountain, He saw the people worshiping a golden calf. This idea came from the Egyptians' astrological worship of the sun. The the calf, Taurus the bull, represents the age in which Moses lived when he wrote the Torah. So let me go back over that. In the parable of the mount, when Moses came down from the mountain, he saw the people worshiping the golden calf. This idol came from the Egyptians' astrological worship of the sun. The calf, Taurus the bull, represents the age in which Moses lived when he wrote the Torah. Okay, so me just adding a little bit to this, that if you study ancient mythology, you also, and you study in the Anunnaki, you also can link that Anunnaki bloodline to Noah Moses now. Okay? All right? Which also they say those Egyptians, some say that they were the quote, quote, Anunnaki deities that they put some of the Anunnaki deities on that throne, all right? So I find this highly interesting that the Bible talks about the golden calf, and it was really just referencing the age in which Noah, I'm sorry, Moses lived when he wrote the Torah. When history moved into the next sign, Aries the ram, The Hebrews celebrated the approach of their Messiah by blowing the ram horns. The sign of Aries influenced many religions to adopt the Lamb of God concept. All right? So y'all get that? So the concept of the Lamb and the blowing of the ram horns, talking about the uh, Messiah, that was actually talking about entering in the age of Aries because Aries represents the ram. All right, now that's the Old Testament, New Testament. It can be seen that the New Testament is similarly endowed with symbolism 
in the figure of Christ, who can be identified as heralding the age of Pisces. Remembering that Christianity is often symbolized by a fish. Okay, now y'all know that. Y'all know y'all to this day, you see people on their bumper stickers with the little uh, fish. And some even had Jesus written up in the fish. Should this, uh, should this theory one day be further substantiated, then quite apart from the fact that such information was detected at such an early age, there is also an incredible story to tell regards the uh, perception, I'm sorry, or the perpetration of such knowledge. All right? So, the whole idea of Christ and the fish, it just represented family. So, the whole idea of the New Testament, I want y'all to think about this. The whole idea of the New Testament and Christ just simply represented going into a new age. The Pisces age. All right? So we're going to go into the whole Christ and it's related to the Christ consciousness, etc. All right. So I hopefully that you all get that on the procession of the equinox. Uh, one complete cycle of the procession of the equinox is 25,920 years. In between that, you have what is called ages. Those ages are represented by the constellations. And those ages last 2,160 years. All right? Now, in each one of these ages represents a certain type of vibration slash energy. And this is the forgotten knowledge of the populace. This is the knowledge that has been forgotten. But the high priest and these empires are using it so they know when we're leaving out of one age to the next age and they prepare themselves to not only harness that energy but use it for their advantage. Where the populace is still on an out-of-sync calendar that does not tie back to nature. So let's think about that just, just a little further, just with the Gregorian uh, calendar that we're on today. Desi, <coughs> December, means 10. Why is 10 represented as 12? And why is it represented as the end of the year and the beginning of the year is January, which is the beginning of we're in winter. And not only are we in winter, nothing in nature is regenerating and growing. It's sleep. Nature doesn't start to regenerate and wake up to produce until what? March. And they, uh, they um, mark that 
as um, spring equinox. So that really means that the beginning of the year is in March. Whenever the spring equinox occurs, that's when the beginning of the new year starts. So right now they have December as 12, January as 1, February as 2, March as 3. Where it's really supposed to be December, Desi, Desi, 10, January 11th, February 12th, March as 1. So right there, we can see how the populace, because we are following a Gregorian calendar, we are out of sync with nature. So if you are out of sync with nature, you are out of sync with Mother Earth. And if you are out of sync with Mother Earth, you cannot be vibrating at her particular rate. Because she follows the procession of the equinox. All right? So these are the hidden things from the populace. These are the forgotten ancient knowledge. All right. So let's get a little bit more into the procession of the equinox. All right. All right. Making sure I didn't miss anything. So I did run across... Two beautiful diagrams. So bear with me. I have to talk you through them since we don't have the visual. <laughs> All right. So in the one of these diagrams, it is going over the sine wave diagram of long-term history. And shout out to whoever went over this. Oh, my goodness, they did a beautiful job. Now, I'm going to have to talk you through this. So what I need you to do is visualize the letter S. But visualize the letter S turned sideways. All right? So that letter S turned sideways. Because remember, frequency is a wave. Right? Now, go check out um, Nikolai Tesla. He talks about the different hearses. Uh, he talks about the power of the three, six, nine. When he talks about the three and the six and the nine, he is talking about the wave. He's talking about the frequency vibratory wave. Okay? So, picture the S turned to the side. Now, what we're going to do is go through this diagram. They did an excellent job. They broke up this sideways S, which represents a wave, into the procession of the equinox. All right? So they started it with the constellation of Leo, and they went back uh, 10,000 B.C. So in between each age, it's 2,000 years. Uh, huh? Where do we constantly hear 2,000-year cycle? 
It's riddled in mythology. It's riddled in uh, creation stories. It's riddled in, you know, when people's rulership happened or when uh, different groups came into power or how long they're supposed to be in power. Okay? So, this S, turn to the side, you can put 2,000 years in between each age. So it says the Leo age, 10,000 BC, 8,000 BC starts cancer. Now check this out, family. This diagram, they laid this out. Much respect, much respect. Adam's period was Gemini, and it's at the 6,000 mark BC. It's at the 6,000 mark. Then you get into Noah, which is 4,000 mark. All right? And remember I said um, Noah now, they are noted in the Bible as giants. Look it up. They get a little measurements. And if you go to the book of um, Enoch, Enoch goes into even more details. <clears throat> and also Enoch goes into the uh, physical shape of the earth and the constellations, etc., etc. So Noah and them were giants and their bloodline ties back to the Anunnaki. Now you would have to read the book of Enoch to get that and also a couple of other ancient texts. So Noah and them are in uh, Taurus at 4,000. Abraham is at 2,000. Okay, and Abraham is also noted as a giant. Abraham's noted as a giant. Go look it up. So Abraham is in the Aries age. And then Christ, we just talked about that, is at the Pisces range at 2000 A.D. Now, here's the thing. With this diagram, this particular part of the S is the, the part that's on the bottom. And they call this part of the S the kingdom of world. So that's the kingdom of world. Starting from 10 B.C., 10,000 B.C., all the way up to... 20 AD, so notice it goes to, I'm sorry, 2000, I apologize, 2000 AC, AD, the Pisces era are going into the Christ Messiah era, okay? But they notated that this is the kingdom of the worlds, of the world, rather. Now, I'm going to just play just a riddle because, all right, so you telling me, Arah, that Adam Nim started in 6,000, but you're giving the kingdom of the world, you giving me 4,000 between that. So what happened in Leo and Cancer? 
What happened between that time? Okay. Then you give me Noah, which we know according to the Bible, the flood of Noah. So that represented a reset right there. But what happened on the other, what, the, between the other two 4,000 years? What happened between that those particular ages? What happened between the Leo and the Cancer age? Was that perhaps more resets that happened? More ancient civilizations that were wiped out? Right? But either way it goes, this represents the kingdom of the world and it's on the lower part of the wave. Now, once we get past the Pisces age, the fish, you're going to the beginning in the Aquarian age. And guess what they call that? Christ returns. So the Aquarian age is equal to Christ consciousness. It is talking about a higher realm of consciousness, not a deity or a person. It's talking about your particular crown, your particular crown, your higher level consciousness, having access to the higher vibratory realms although you already had access to them, even in the kingdom of worlds. But now it is telling you we have entered an age where the Christ energy, the higher level energy, the Aquarian age is the beginning of that. Okay? And they call that age, it's going to last another 2000 cycle AD. And then it's going to keep going up the spectrum. Then you go into the Capricorn age, which is going to last to 6,000 AD. Then the Sagittarian age, we're still moving up. We're still moving up the sine wave. We're moving up on the, the upper part of the S, the Sagittarian age until 8,000 AD. Scorpio um, age into uh, the 10,000 AD, we're still moving up. Now when we get to the Libra, it's starting to wind down, but we are still in a high vibratory state. That's at the 12,000 mark. And then the Virgo is the last age at the 14 AD age that's at that higher level. So what I just went through from the Aquarian age all the way through Virgo, that particular age those particular ages represents what is called the golden age. The golden ages. Let's get that correct. Plural. Okay. So, in order to complete one procession, so one wave, one wave, or one S turned to the little side. That's one complete procession of the equinox. All right. So that's what's going on with the procession of the equinox. Now, another diagram that I ran across that I think they did an excellent job giving kudos to the Mayan calendar. This particular diagram talks about 
the, uh, the poles, the shifting of the poles of the North Star. Okay, so in other words, if you're looking up at the constellation, you're looking up at the sky, it is saying that if you look at Polaris, that's representing the pole and the shifting of the, the entire sky or heavens. All right. So this particular diagram says beginning of the age of Aquarius is 2012. 2012. Now y'all remember the Mayan calendar saying that well, they didn't say nothing. The Mayan calendar just stopped at 2012, right? And most people were running around saying, oh, this is the end of the world. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. But spiritual people were saying, no, it's not the end of the world. We're just going into a different age. Well, guess what? Both were right. Based on this diagram, and shout out to whoever did this. I can't find the author of the diagram. Based on this diagram, the Mayans were right because we were leaving the kingdom of the world. The Pisces, that age represented the last of the kingdom of the world. So the Mayan calendar had it right to end that because that calendar obviously was only calculating up until the kingdom of the world or the end of the world. Because the new age, that's where you get the term new age family. It is talking about the entire golden age. The Aquarian represents the higher vibrational realm, the golden age, the kingdom of heaven, the Christ consciousness, all right? So the Mayan calendar had it correct. The beginning of the age of Aquarius, 2012. Our pole currently points to the North Star. This will change over time. Now, what's cold about this is, I absolutely love this diagram also because it shows you in this particular diagram something called the galactic center. And the galactic center, it is kind of uh, capturing or um, etching the galactic movement of that pole shift. Guess what the symbol is? It's what they're calling the swastika, all right? Now, those of us that study ancient cultures, ancient indigenous cultures, we know what and how important what was called the swastika today in a negative connotation was not really the case. We knew that it was an ancient symbol, an ancient important symbol, This is the first time that I've ever seen this particular symbol represented as meaning the galactic center. And it represents how the actual pole moves. So very, very um, important information. Okay. So with that said, family, I hope that you found this particular uh, show um, or podcast, rather. I I hope that you found it uh, of use 
as we describe, is time speeding up. Uh, what I hope that you got out of it is really, what do we mean when we say time? Time is really about a frequency. And that frequency, so what they're calling time, past, present, and future, really all happens simultaneously in the now. It's all based on what frequency you are tuned into. And then I hope that you also got out of this particular uh, podcast on how important the procession of the equinox is and the importance of the ages and how they are tied to the vibratory frequencies of the universe. And how you, as a divine being with soul consciousness, you have access to tune into these energies to be the creator that you are. Okay? So I hope that, you know, this fares you well. I hope you have a better entering understanding of what the golden age means and uh, make it work for you, okay? Because Mother Earth, her frequency is steadily raising. The sun is set up and changed. Its frequency as well is showing us with this color from yellow to white, okay? We see the frequency shift in the skies with the UV or sky in the, with the UV radiation, with the violet and the pinks. So this is a beautiful time, quote, quote, no pun intended, or frequency or energy that you are experiencing. Definitely make it work for you. Embrace it. Get in tune. Get in tune. That's what it is meant by ride the wave. Ride the wave. That's what it is meant. In the physical, you can ride the wave. But you as a divine soul consciousness being, you can also click out of the wave and defy time, space, continuum, and go to the source or the absolute to do special and different things as well. So if you find this particular uh, podcast well, uh, we are also uh, completing up the series on the Truth Uncompromised show called Mama Earth and the Consciousness of Her People. You can catch us live every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. And you can also go to YouTube and uh, catch that particular series as well from the beginning. So I thank you all very much, family, and I wish you nothing but success, love, peace, freedom, and abundance.